HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by the Dairy Farm Families of Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Did you know that today Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheese that win more awards than any other state or country? To learn more, visit eatwisconsincheese.com. I'm Erica Wides, host of Let's Get Real, the cooking show about finding, preparing, and eating food. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to Feast Your Ears. I'm Harry Rosenblum from the Brooklyn Kitchen, a cooking store located at 100 Frost Street in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Join me every Wednesday as I talk with people about what they do and how it influences their personal food stories. This is a show about people, life, and food. You can find Feast Your Ears as well as lots of other great shows at heritageradionetwork.org and on iTunes. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Feast Your Ears. Today by phone... Uh, I have with me Fiona Bohane. Fiona has spent more than a decade on the road with the Dave Matthews Band as a chef, eventually becoming the band's head tour chef for the last six years. With 11 tour buses plus local crew to feed three meals a day, day in, day out, we'll discuss how exactly she and her staff managed to pull that off. Two and a half months ago, she had a baby, Rosemary, and now she's in charge, at least for the moment, with feeding one instead of hundreds. Uh, Welcome, Fiona, to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, can you introduce yourself to the listeners and, you know, when you meet someone, what do you tell them you do? Um, my name is Fiona Bohane. I uh, generally just tell people that I cook, and if they ask what I do or who I work for, I say I work for bands on tour. And then if they ask me who it's for, then I'll say I work for Dave Matthews. Cool. Um, and did you train as a more traditional, like, you know, sedentary chef in a single in a single space before you went on the road? Uh, no, actually, I am, I guess, self-taught. Uh, I started working in kitchens in New York City doing catering after I graduated uh, college, um, where I studied anthropology. <laughs> so I just started, I worked for a couple years in catering kitchens around New York and then got picked up to tour and learned most of my cooking skills on the road. Got it. And so, uh, and and since going on the road, how long ago was that? When did you sort of go on the road first as a chef? 
Uh, my first tour was in 2000. Uh, I toured with Neil Young and uh, The Pretenders. Nice. So a great, you, great first tour. <laughs> yeah, it sounds sounds amazing. Uh, two bands I have not have not seen, uh, but would love to. Do you yeah, uh, do you get to watch any of the any of the bands that you feed perform? Yeah, we do. Um, I mean, most especially when we want to, <laughs> and we'll make a special effort to find time. I mean, generally uh, dinner served until eight eight thirty, and. So it's well after the concert starts generally, but you can always like find time after after work or if like there's an opening act that we love, we always make time to go out and at least catch a couple songs. Nice, and I'd love to know a little more about what what your day looks like on the road. So, um, you know, we had been in email correspondence before the interview about about this, and you had mentioned about eleven. Uh, 11 tour buses and then local crew that you're feeding and so what does your day look like i mean you guys are feeding breakfast lunch and dinner right to the whole group yes yeah um well i get up about six o'clock in the morning um and i get picked up to go shopping at seven um so i go out shopping from i guess seven to nine thirty a.m um there's the rest of the crew i mean there's like a bunch of us cooking there's four of us in the kitchen and uh, three people doing front of house stuff. So while I'm out shopping, they're setting up um, the kitchen and dining room and doing breakfast. And uh, like I said, I shop for a couple hours. I come back, um, unload, organize, uh, go over the menu for lunch with the kitchen, and uh, we start prepping lunch and pretty much immediately do that, serve lunch around noon. And then once we get that up and running, um, which usually, you know, takes hour, hour and a half. So then we talk about dinner, go over the dinner menu, and then start prepping for dinner, <laughs> serve dinner at like 5, um, from about 5 to, uh, like I said, 8, 8.30. And then we, you know, before dinner's over, we start breaking down and, and cleaning up and packing up, and we're packed up and loaded by 10 o'clock at night, 10.30 sometimes. Sometimes eleven on a bad night, <laughs> right? Um, and and yeah. you're talking that schedule is is when you're on a tour that's moving every day, right, to a new venue. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on Dave Matthews, we we have quite a few um, like multiple show days in the same city, so um, we'll just pack up, at, like clean up, and we'll be done. You know, we could be done at eight thirty or nine o'clock with that, and then um, walk away, and then come back the next day for lunch and dinner. Right. How much uh, how much gear are you toting around with you? I used to do lighting on the road, um, oh, okay. not not for any anything quite the same scale um, as <laughs> as Dave Matthews, but you know, I mean, I'm definitely familiar no, with still, loading we're tractor really trailers. Just like medium size, yeah. to be quite honest. Sure. I mean, there's oh, a lot sure. of tours that are much much bigger than ours, and obviously there's tours that are much smaller. Absolutely. But we carry like 25 road cases, I think, okay. maybe a few more, a few less. Um, and yeah, we carry everything with us. We have three convection ovens. We have a flat top. We have um, a, a Tahoe a propane burner. Um, we carry all butane burners. We carry some electric uh, induction burners. Uh, have a pantry case. We have a nice kit. We have you know every utensil you could possibly think of ever needing. <laughs> um, pots, pans, um, appliances. We carry mats with us now. I mean, we we set up a full kitchen everywhere right. we go, <laughs> and, you, and you do it every day, and then you take it, you dismantle it, and put it away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's it's pretty. I mean, it's, sometimes it's, it seems a little silly, but then you know it works. <laughs> 
and then great fun. how big is the crew that you're feeding? I mean, between musicians and, and backline, and then you're feeding, I assume, the local the local stagehands yes. as well. Um, I want to say Dave Matthews' band is about 85 touring, and then we uh, feed maybe, you know, depending on the day, like 20 to 50 stagehands sometimes, um, and then we feed the local production, um, and we feed guests and friends and family. Sure. Um, so it can get from, usually it's about 150 for dinner. Like we do, what is it, like 70 for lunch, or sorry, 70 for breakfast, 100 for lunch, 120 to 150 for dinner, and then sometimes up to 250 for dinner. So you're basically every morning um, starting from scratch, building, shopping, cooking, and basically running a successful small restaurant and then taking it all apart, moving to a new <laughs> new place and setting um, it up and yeah, doing I it again. So. <laughs> Put that way, it sounds crazier. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, we do. And, and, you know, I would say there's like somewhat of a formula to writing the menus. Um, and, you know, we we somehow manage it. And, uh yeah, it's it is a little crazy, but there it's it works somehow. I mean, we have the company that I work for, um, Dega Catering, has you know, you know, at times a dozen different tours out on the road. Right. So um, sure, and and, the, and obviously it's a machine that once it gets going, it seems to you know work quite well. Yep, absolutely. Um, I mean, do you find um, that there are places that I mean, you've been on, you've now obviously been on the road a long time. Um, are there favorite places of yours to go back to where you know that there's a specific uh vendor that you can source from or that you really like the you know where the kitchen ends up in relationship to the venue or those kinds of things um absolutely yeah yeah um there's i mean at this point there's you know a laundry list of of places that i love to go to for the food um we work with local farms um, around the country, and so we get a lot of, like, local produce. And we also work with uh, um, local um, seafood purveyors and stuff. So, like, uh, we're at the Ocean Beach mm. in Alabama. Um, we got ruby red shrimp, which I've never had before, which are, I guess, a local, like, delicacy. And they're these, you know, bright red shrimp that taste like lobster and they're absolutely fantastic nice. and um georgia we get peaches i mean all around the south really we can get peaches when it's the height of the season that's right. awesome i mean once the you know the summer gets rolling i mean there's fantastic food everywhere and one of the benefits of working with the farms is they pick like their best stuff and bring it to you so you really get you know super fresh super you know the super very flavorful food um, that's really yeah that, which is a huge street and that's and it's it's really you know it's 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 nice to hear understanding how the industrial food system works that you know on the other hand i would imagine i would imagine there probably are some tours that are like this where you know you could just schedule it out with cisco right that they meet you with a trailer of everything um, I know you needed that i mean i don't think spot. our company really does that sure. but i know that some other um like larger touring catering companies do um, order from large yeah. um, food corporations. Um, we, you know, on, depending on the tour, depending on the um, budget you have, yeah, we'll go to Walmart or um, Sam's Club. Um, 
and you go to larger scale places. But yeah. we're really lucky on Dave Matthews that we have a little bit more. I mean, I have a budget. Right. No, it's <laughs> but great. It's, there's a little bit more freedom. And I do find that, like, you know, when you're buying from farmers directly, the prices are, you know, lower. And, you know, we buy, I guess, the primal cuts. So, you know, we're buying, like, pork shoulders. Um, and we buy whole chicken, so we break down the chicken. So it takes a lot of um, the cost right. out of um, buying, you know, grass-fed beef and, and farm-raised chicken. No, that's really that's uh, that's it's it's good to hear, right? That that's that that's possible, and it's really neat. I mean, you know, we operate um, at the Brooklyn Kitchen anyway. You know, we know the farms that we operate within our region. But it's really it's it's interesting to me, and I think it's kind of exciting. You know, not not that you get to spend a ton of time necessarily with the farms, but that you get to sort of do that on a much larger scale all over the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's it's great. I mean, there's nothing like ordering pretty much everything a farm has to offer. <laughs> right. You know, in large quantities. Yeah. But, you know, I go to a farmer's market and I buy like you know a handful of each thing to be able to buy you know ten pounds of kale. Um, right. Right. Well, yeah, one of many things we buy. Is there anywhere um, onions, that, tomatoes, potatoes, right. everything? Yeah. Is there anywhere that, um, like, you know, if you were to see like next year's tour right now, if it showed up in front of you, of where the dates are going to be, is there anywhere that you feel like you really don't like to go because it's just not that good? Um. No. Cool. Great. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I wasn't. I wasn't a leading ask question. Me a lot I'm of curious. like about my favorite cities or what you know where I love to go, and I really love everywhere. You know, every place has a just like a style to it, and even if it is like I mentioned in Alabama, it's like you had shrimp, and then the farmer had corn and potatoes, and then you have like a shrimp oil. Like you know, it in all these like Pittsburgh has a fantastic Italian um, section oh, where yeah, it has all sure. these great markets and stuff, which is awesome to go to. Cleveland has fantastic public market and a great food scene. I've I mean, been to that most Cleveland of the cities market. we go to we're we're really lucky. Like Iowa, you know, you get fantastic pork in Iowa. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of tailor a little bit to I mean, we tailor a lot really. I just, you know, see what the farmers have and then make do with that and it's more than making do. It's really awesome. And people that you know, the farmers take a lot of pride in what they do as they should and it's really it's such a treat for us. We do, you know, I, the food that I, you know, make and the recipes, I mean, the menus that I make, I think are pretty, like, simple. It's not like we're doing really fancy high-end food, but, you know, in that sense, like, the food really shines. Like, it's, it's simple. Like, you can take a tomato at the height of the season and just put salt and pepper and olive oil on it and it's fantastic you know sprinkle some fresh herbs on it and that's that's all you need <laughs> you're making you're making me miss summer <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah there's a, the height of the summer is fantastic sometimes early i'm like oh you guys have zucchini okay we'll take some zucchini right you know 20 pounds of zucchini what are we going to do with zucchini right. today guys <laughs> But there is so much to do with zucchini, yeah. you know. So, is the menu um, at all driven by the preferences of the of the performers? I mean, do they have any specific requirements that they sort of impose on the kitchen? Um, I mean, of course, to a certain degree, yes. Um, you know, there's a couple of vegetarians in uh, Dave Matthews Band, so we, you know, focus, you know, as you know, we should on doing really awesome vegetarian entrees. Um, you know, some people don't eat dairy, some people, you know, there's a vegan, there's people that are eating gluten-free. I mean, we definitely do, but we do a pretty um, extensive um, buffet setup. 
so we can pretty much hit, you know, everything. And I know what the band, um, you know, what their food uh, you know, preferences are, right. and so, you know, they're fairly easily incorporated, as far as I'm concerned, um, into the menu. I mean, we do soups, two types of salad, appetizers, um, you know, a red meat entree, like pork or beef, and then chicken or turkey. We do seafood. We do a vegetarian or vegan entree, a starch. We always serve some type of, like, whole grain rice, two vegetables. Um, we do cheese and meat boards. Hmm. We do, you know, dessert. It's, there's a lot. And yeah, sounds you know, sound, sounds like a nice restaurant. Solid way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We try. We, yeah. I mean, myself and the rest of the people in the kitchen really love what they do, and they're really talented. So it's not, you know, I would say it's not just me. Like I just come up with ideas and you know let the people in the kitchen run with them. You know, so. Has there ever been uh, anyone that you've you know uh, toured with as a chef to cook for, or anyone who's come as a as a guest of the performers that you were nervous to to cook for, or were really or were really excited to have a chance to cook for and meet? Um, yes, uh, I mean, well, there's a lot of people that show up by surprise. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, uh, particular. It's escaping my mind right now. I don't know why. Um, because I'm a big fan of his movies. And I'm sorry, my baby's No, it's okay. I mean, I, I, all I of a have, sudden, everything's a... No, I have, I have a six-year-old and a two-year-old. And, and I mean, even... Yeah, there's something about when, when the kid starts to cry, your brain turns to mush, I guess. <laughs> totally. Totally. Um, uh, I'm totally... Uh, no, no, don't worry, don't worry about it. I'll... Um, um, so, and is there anybody that you like have your sights on as a as a tour chef that you would really like to go on tour with and cook for? You know, in general, I don't um, want to work for bands that I absolutely love because I'm kind of like a, a sucker when it comes to the bands that I adore. <laughs> that I think I would just be foolish, and I almost don't want to know what they're like in real life because I love them so much. Understood. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of silly, but. Um, and uh, the guy was uh, Terry Gilliam. He was oh, one of my favorite nice. people to cook for. Cool. Um, he uh, worked with Arcade Fire, did, I think, uh, a live concert for them, and uh, came to a bunch of the shows, and that was a real treat, because I, I love a lot of his movies, and he was super nice, and, um, you know, it was great to be able to meet him and work for him. Nice. Um, that's, uh, that's, that's really great. Um, we're going to take a, a short break and hear from our sponsors. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk uh, more with Fiona. Hey, this is Michael Harlan Turkel from the Food Scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You know, every Tuesday at 3 p.m., I stop in the studio, walk to the far side, sit in my favorite blue chair. If you ever stop by Roberta's, look through the window, and you can see that chair itself. 
You know, and I've been sitting here for five plus years, 250 episodes have met some of the best people in the food world, such great culinary minds. Um, and recently we just relaunched our website, added a whole bunch of shows, but we still need you, our listeners, our friends, our fans, even guests themselves, to help us out. We, we You know, we're a 501c3, a nonprofit, and we're not really doing this for the money. We're doing this for the love, for the greater good of the food world as a whole. So get on HeritageRadioNetwork.org, click that little pounding heart in the top right corner and, you know, give what you can or just keep on listening. We'd love to have you. Welcome back to Feast Your Ears. I'm Harry Rosenblum. With me today by phone is Fiona Bohane. For more than 10 years has been a chef for the Dave Matthews Band on tour. Um, in full disclosure, something people probably don't know, um, we booked this interview today by phone through a mutual acquaintance and later realized that, in fact, we had gone to high school together. <laughs> yes. Uh, it turns out that uh, Fiona and I went to, we crossed paths in the early 90s in northern Westchester for a year. Um, I, then, I, I then went on and moved to California, um, but the name seemed familiar. So I thought for, for a minute maybe we could reminisce about, uh, about northern Westchester. You live there now, right? Yes, I am. I am back. Um, one of the things that I remember um, from living in that area as a kid was the fall was always sort of, you know, as soon as apples came in, I mean, there are some orchards um, in that area. And that was always, for me, like one of the one of the big things. When I go back up to that area, my, my father still lives up there. And, you know, I love going there in the fall and, you know, seeing pumpkin patches and getting apples and things like that. Um, do you find is that is that something that that you think about in the area that you like about the area or there other oh know? yeah i mean it's it's absolutely gorgeous up here i mean in the the color of the leaves it's really like it's one of my favorite times of year and i moved away for i guess about five years um and lived in las vegas um it's a little different and i love the desert i mean the desert is extraordinarily beautiful extraordinarily beautiful as well but uh coming back here and um being here in the fall is really something else. I mean, I love going to, I went apple, well, I didn't go actually go apple picking, but I went to an apple orchard and um, had some cider and had the old cider donut, and that is <laughs> one of my favorite treats. Yeah, I was um, on my way down uh, down 684 from Connecticut a couple of weeks ago on an afternoon with my with my six-year-old and uh, pulled off there in, uh, in Golden's Bridge to go to Salinger's and get cider donuts. Nice, yeah. I took some uh, photos of... Uh, rosemary laying in pumpkin patches and on hay bales and stuff so yeah it's it's pretty adorable up here well she's adorable yeah and it's really nice up here (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah and and i recently i mean i feel like i i wish you know if if i had like if i had it to do over again i think i i feel like i wish i'd gotten interested in foraging when i was a kid because I, Mm. i you know i I haven't found them in the past few years, but I have very clear memories of what turned out to be ramps that nobody cared about. I mean, in, you know, in the late eighties in my, in the woods behind my house, like I know there were ramps there. I can just like, I can see those memories, yeah, but we didn't yeah. ever pick them and eat them. You know? Yeah. I, I always, um, well, I still do every once in a while, I'll pick the, the chives and, and, uh, chew on them. Um, and, uh, I always love the honeysuckles. Yep. And uh, we had spearmint around our driveway, which we always ate as kids. This fall, but, uh, yeah, I... never really did extensive foraging. I did some mushroom foraging in Se- outside of Seattle, um, in uh, the mountains out there. 
which are <laughs> the name is escaping me as usual. Um, but uh, that was fantastic, although a little bit stressful because, of course, I didn't know um, the difference between all the mushrooms. But sure. the people I was with did, and they were fantastic. I mean, it was. I mean, it's beautiful to be out in the forest and to be out in the woods, um, and then to come home with these like nice, you know, treats. That yeah. Are ridiculously I, uh, expensive in a store, <laughs> but you can go out and pick yourself. It's it's awesome. Yeah, that knowledge is is something I've been I've been trying to learn a lot more about about mushroom foraging. And and earlier this fall, um, I happened to be I happened to be in Katona to visit my dad, and I pulled into the driveway, and I just took a walk around the house and started looking around, and I found um, all told in in two different visits, I think I found almost forty pounds of myatake. Wow. Really? Um, that were just growing under these giant old oak trees. And, huh. you know, one of the nice things, I mean, I'm, I'm also a serious amateur when it comes to that stuff is that my is <laughs> you can't really mistake for anything else. So there's nothing mm-hmm. that looks like yeah. them that's bad. Um, yeah. But, you know, and of course, my father's answer was, oh, those things, they show up under those trees, you know, every year. I thought they were poisonous. And yeah. I'm, you know, thinking, yeah. oh my God, we could have been, you know, we could have been eating these things every yeah, year. Yeah, I know. When um, we first started serving dandelion greens, one of the guys on the crew came up to me and he was like, "You know how much time I've spent in my life trying to get rid of these, and now <laughs> we're eating them." <laughs> There's a lot of edible food. My my boyfriend's a, a gardener, and he um, grew up around here and knows way more than I could ever know about like what grows around here and. You know, well, there's a lot of edible food out there that we just don't, you know, take advantage of. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so your your daughter is now two and a half months. Um, just under, just like under. two months and a week. Cool. <laughs> Almost. Yeah. Yeah. She's a she's a lot of fun. Yeah. And a lot of work. <laughs> of course, of course. And when did you uh, when did you stop touring? Uh, when I was about eight months pregnant. Oh wow. Yeah, I definitely pushed it. I think I, you know, by the time I left, I was like, I should have left a week ago. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I'm really glad I did it. Uh, It was great fun to share, like, being pregnant, too, with, like, my tour family. Oh, yeah. Um, Because, you know, my boyfriend, you know, it's a summer, so he was working all the time anyway. So um, it was great to be with my friends and, um, yeah, share that with them. And they all feel like a bunch of aunties and uncles. So she's She's well loved outside the, of my house, which is awesome. The folks on tour are they spread out all over the country? Like, are you going to get to see them as she's growing up? Uh, I hope so. Um, they are spread out pretty much all over the country. Um, I've had two visitors um, from tours since she's been born, which was great. They had a day off, you know, nearby. Um, so, uh, in one instance, like you know, twenty minutes, you know, I toured with Melissa Etheridge. Hmm. For um, a couple years, and uh, she was playing in the town over from where I oh. live, so that was awesome. So I got to go over and see the uh, crew, and uh, you know, she got to visit some people. <laughs> so. That's uh, that's great. And and do you? I mean, are you are you planning to take a large chunk of time off? Are you planning to return to touring next year? Would you know? Have you figured that that part out? I haven't exactly. I mean, I do plan on taking. Um, chunk of time off for sure um i can't imagine being away from her for uh an extent i can't even leave her for like you know two hours at this point yeah for um, sure so yeah i can't i don't i'm, I'm not gonna tour next year um i don't know yeah, she's pretty I, I she's pretty really portable for farther in the future um you know there's benefits to it and obviously drawbacks because um you know i can work for a short period of time um 
but yet I'm away. Right. But if I work here, I'm going to be away for, you know, for I don't know how many hours a day. So, right. um, you know, all year long. So, yep. I haven't really decided what I'm going to do. <laughs> well, until she's mobile, she's, you know, kids are par- fairly portable. I mean, they, you know, that's, yes. I, I always yeah. recommend to friends who have new, new babies, I say, you know, until they learn to walk, like go out to dinner as much as you can, because mm-hmm. once, once mm-hmm. they learn to walk, I mean, girls, I've found at least, and this is not always true, but in my, with my children, my daughter, who's older, um, was very easy and always very sort of, you know, she was willing even after she learned to walk to sit down and, you know, sit at the dinner table and if, if, even if she wasn't eating, draw or do something. Um, oh, okay. My two-year-old son, if he does not want to stay still, he, you cannot make him. I mean, he's... <laughs> so I have a lot to look forward to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I feel like uh, Rosemary, part of... Uh, she's she's a high energy already, and I feel like me being on tour as long as I was, like, taught her... Um, that she could go for extended periods of time. <laughs> sure. Yeah, right. She I mean she started out that way, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, she loves being out and about, that's for sure. But yeah, I guess we'll see once she's portable. But we have trips planned, so we're gonna take her as much as possible. Um but then obviously, yeah, within reason. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I you know I don't know, you could just take her on tour. See what see, see how that we works out. We talked about that a lot. My, one of my coworkers was like, "Yeah, just strap her to your back, and she right. can hang out all day." And you know, the crew is like, "I want to watch her." Yeah. <laughs> but in reality, yeah, I, that's uh, that, that's something that's that, going to work out. Yeah, pe- people only have a like good time with that for like the first twenty minutes. I mean, I you know, mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. have had days where we've had to bring our children to work, and you know, like everybody's really excited, and then after like twenty minutes, they're like, "Okay, I want to get back to work now." <laughs> Exactly. You have to get back to work. Yeah. Exactly. yeah, the world can't stop for the baby, except for our our worlds can stop for the baby. Yeah, and and <laughs> my I think, ability to multitask has uh, vastly diminished. Yeah, and I, and I, you know, a friend of mine um, who has some has children who are a little bit older than mine. When I, you know, when I was having when my daughter was first born, you know, he he pointed out to me, and I think it's really. Um, it was valuable advice. And I think about this a lot, even as my kids are getting older that, you know, my son's never going to be two again. Mm, Yeah. And so the idea of enjoying what that means, even though sometimes that means that he like open hand hits me in the face and I have to give him a timeout, you know, whereas other times he wakes up and gives me a big hug, you know, but both of those things are, are memories that I want. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you mentioned in the, the sort of pre-show questionnaire that I sent you that your pet peeve related to food was, uh, people being lazy. And yeah. I'm wondering if you can elaborate um, on that a little bit. It's, it's something that, uh, a chef friend of mine had said ages ago that when I told him, you know, fairly recently that he said that to me, he was like, I said that, <laughs> but, uh, it's something that stuck with me and it just, you know, when we're, it could be as simple as making a salad and, you know, how you cut a vegetable or a step that you, you know, just decide to take out because it would be easier, you know, to not do it. It ends up, I think, taking, you know, a little something away from the final dish. And, you know, it's, I mean, this is in like, you know, our touring kitchen is, you know, sometimes people can be a little lazy and, you know, comes out in the food in the end and it frustrates me. I think the, you know, I mean, I think the, the details, right, are, are the things that are, yeah, that are often yeah. important. Yeah, I mean, there's so much in, like, you know, in food, of like, visual, like, how it looks and, you know, um, 
course, it ha- matters a lot how it tastes, but, you know, and, and that also comes through in, like I said, like how you cut something or, you know, the presentation. It's, it uh, makes a difference. Yeah. Um, well, Thanksgiving is, is next week for anyone who's listening live or listens to this in the future. Um, and I'm wondering, um, did you ever have Thanksgiving on tour, or have you always managed to be off tour for Thanksgiving? Uh, we have had Thanksgiving on tour a couple of times. Um, we haven't had to work um, but uh, I think once I celebrated Thanksgiving um, at Mohegan and Sun, <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, and we had, a, I guess, a, like a catered, uh, we got a room at the um, hotel there, and they catered something. And then we also had a Thanksgiving in Lyon, France, oh. which was really, um, I mean, such a treat for us. I guess uh, it was with Arcade Fire, and they had a, a favorite restaurant in Lyon, and they... Um, it was a, it's a small restaurant, and uh, they had um, them prepare a uh, American style Thanksgiving. Huh. Of course, it was very French, <laughs> <laughs> um, which was such a treat for all of us. You know, but I will say some of the um, more American members of the crew were not overwhelmed. <laughs> but uh, um, but it was really I thought it was awesome. You know, it was a real treat and really nice. I mean, Thanksgiving for me is, you know, about sitting around with a bunch of people you love and, yeah. um, you know, sharing a meal. So that was really nice to be able to do with, with both of them. Yeah. And and what is, uh, so so with Thanksgiving coming up, are you hosting Thanksgiving? Even though Rosemary's I am Sweden? not. Um, I'm going to my boyfriend's um, brother's house and they're hosting. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll make something. I'm hoping. <laughs> and what's your what's your favorite uh, Thanksgiving dish as a chef? As a chef, I mean, just as as someone who spends you know m- probably more waking hours than most people, even the listeners to this food centric radio station, thinking about food and putting dishes together. I'm curious. You know, I I, I will tell you that my um, my favorite part of Thanksgiving. Um, has always been the gravy and the, mm. and, and the cranberry sauce. My mom always yeah. made cranberry sauce with a like whole orange in it. Um, okay. I mean, you know, in the food processor, but you know, the the orange and cranberry thing and gravy. Those are like my two favorite parts of Thanksgiving. Mm, mm, yeah, I do love cranberry sauce. I love stuffing, um, but I will say that my my parents are British, and um, my mom always used to make um, bread sauce, mm. which is just um, like milk, onions, and bread, white bread with a cut, a crust cut off and soaked in the bread. And um, I guess it's used traditionally to moisten dry meat. Ah. <laughs> um, and I absolutely still kind of dream about it. And it's, yeah, it's one of my favorite things. Nice. Awesome. Very uh, homey yeah. <laughs> for me. Well, Fiona, it's been it's been really nice catching up um, with you, uh, <laughs> yeah. at least over the phone. Perhaps uh, perhaps we'll we'll end up seeing each other in person sometime. Um, yeah, I hope to. Hope yeah, to. Um, but I think we we're, we've run out of time. But I you know thank you so much for for joining me today, um, and you know I wish you and Rosemary uh, the best. Uh, thank you very much. It was really nice talking to you too. Thank you for listening today to Feast Your Ears. Big thank you to Kristen Baylor, my producer here at Feast Your Ears, and Liz Smith for engineering the show every Wednesday. Please take a moment to like the show on Facebook and iTunes and follow me on Instagram. See you next week.
Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes Store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.